Hello, everyone, and welcome to another metaphysical and introspective episode of Analytical Fanboys. I am your host, Simeon Scott, and I am joined, as always, by your other host, the all-new, all-different Chris Gaston. How's it doing? Fudikudi. 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 All right, but before we get into that, uh, how have you been, Chris? I've been for the gully. Uh, well enough. Yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a hectic week. Um, just getting ready for the thing that will have just happened by the time this drops, which is we are now on a channel that's called Modular instead of on a channel that's called Analytical Fanboys. Time is a linear river. Yeah, we, we did a thing explaining why that is for the most part. Um, so. Go, uh, go, go! Listen to that thing if you go really want to know anger. and haven't yet. Yeah. Are you just trolling me? Isn't that what I always do, motherfucker? I mean, yeah, but like, anyways. Uh, the topic for this episode of the podcast is fully coolie or FLCL, if you're so inclined. Uh, which is. An OBA from Studio Gynax, the people who did Evangelion, if if I know my anime studios correct. Um, yep. And like, were were they the Gunbuster Diebuster people too? I don't remember. Uh, I I want to say they were, but also like I could be wrong. And so find the yeah. grain of salt and throw it at back. Exactly. Uh, but uh, th- this is a thing Chris put on the list, so I'll let him go ahead and intro it from here. Okay. Uh, like many anime that I put on this list, it is one of my favorite things ever. And like, and like my favorite things, it impacts me on a subconscious and l- a level that I would equivalent to affecting my soul. I am a different person after experiencing it the first time. Hmm. Uh, my first instance of watching Fooly Cooly, like many, was at the dead of night, not knowing what the hell it was, watching to uh, watching Adult Swim at midnight, uh, and just being floored and freaked out and wondering what it was I was watching. But it's great. Um, general plot: a young man. Is grows there up. a general plot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After you watch it like six times, like I have, you, yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, and in case you didn't know the plot of our show, this was my first time watching this. Um, yeah. We put on things on a list and we show it to each other. Yeah. That's the, that's analytical fanboys. Um, in a shell of nuts. So I guess I'll go, I'll go ahead and give like my opening, what my reaction to this was. Um, this is the first time I've ever watched something where I felt like I needed it explained to me. Um, okay. I didn't really get it until the final episode. The final episode, they kind of did some, some stuff that was like directly, I felt like was directly talking to a viewer like me. And, like, making fun of me in a way. And also saying, like, you thought we were doing this and you were mad at us because we weren't. 
and here's what we were actually doing. And oh boy, did I have egg on my face. And by by the final scene, I kind of was starting to get it, but I also was like, just to make sure I'm on the right path here, I'm I'm gonna spend an hour watching YouTube a- analysis videos on this thing. <laughs> Um, so before you did so, that, I would like to simply ask, what did you think the show was about? It's kind of a genetic metaphor for boy beca- becomes a man and stops being in uh, a teenage dickhead. See, he- here's the thing, though. I don't think that's what it's about. Huh. It's about understanding that because you were 13 or however old Nauta is that you're allowed to be a little bit of a dickhead because you're not an adult yet. Hmm. You're a kid. And that's kind of what I always felt the intention of the show was because every time Nauta tries to be an adult, something screwy happens. But every time he acts like a kid, acts his age, he good things happen to him. Uh, similar to other characters. The girl tries to act mature, tries to act like adult, and things go wrong. Which for girl? The girl with the glasses. The, the, the mayor's girl, daughter? Yeah. I can't remember her name right now. Neither but basically, yeah. But basically, she tried to act mature, tried to act like an adult. And things went screwy for her. But the second she accepts that I'm a kid and I don't have control in this situation, things got better. Hmm. Okay. With Nalta, he he tries to hide the problem. And he goes like, it's not a problem. He's not worried about certain things. Uh, And it just gets exacerbated. When he accepts that, fine, whatever, this is happening. I have no control over it. He acts like a kid. The problem gets solved. Hmm. And see, like, the thing with the girl especially, I didn't really get that from. Like, my my whole thing with her was, like, she seemed, like, very much like um, my whole adolescent acting out, trying to act older than I am period, where, oh, I, I don't care, this doesn't affect me, it doesn't matter, and then realizing, like, no, it's fine to care about shit and get emotional. Um, like, that that was basically what I got out of her. Um, Nauta seemed like... Like, he's trying to... For most of the series, he's trying to act like this big, strong man and protect... Um, Mamini. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, there's basically no other way to say it other than this girl is autistic, right? Uh... You could say that, but you also got to remember she is also heavily heartbroken by Nalta's older brother leaving for the States unannounced and finding a new girlfriend mm-hmm. and also being bullied by other fellow high school girls and having the only sense of connection she has to the older brother basically be Nalta, which she uses as a surrogate, <clears throat> which you get. Which again plays into the actor age theme that I go on with. That she is acting younger than she is by attaching herself to Nauta instead of moving on 
uh, with her life, which is what she does at the end. Hmm. Which is why she idealizes Conti uh, as a god, um, because he saved her similar to how the older brother saved her when they were kids. Um, and she attaches herself to those kind of things, basically things that will love her and not leave. Like the, the dog she found or the cat she found. I say dog. It's a machine that looks like a dog. Basically she is afraid of losing things she cares about. That's why she projects the older brother onto Nauta. Hmm. At least yeah, that's I, my. I, I kind of get that too. Um, but like, like... maturity is a weird through line throughout the whole thing, especially with Haruka. Uh, Haru, Haru, God. Damn. Haru, Haru, Haruka! You fucking pleb. Fuck off! I am tongue tied tonight. <laughs> Haruka, Haruka uh, is uh, about a level of maturity. Uh, his dad is also about a level of maturity. Um, and, and like the the elementary school kids are driving a car for a job. Mm-hmm. That's not a. They're trying to act older than they are. People are trying to move too fast. Um, mm-hmm. well, that's they're also the exact f- opposite problem because he's acting like a dumb teenager who's trying to force his fanzine on people. The dad, you said. Yeah. 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 Um, the adults are acting like kids. The kids want to act like adults, and um, no one's acting the way they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Haruka basically comes in and goes like, "Yeah, no, I don't care about any of this bullshit. I just want f- this dude." Yeah, and everybody projects a different mentality onto her. And it acts more as a reflection on them than it does on her. Mm-hmm. That's where I kind of got the... I'm just explaining my whole thoughts on the show now, apparently. Uh, that's where I think the end... That's where I think the swing the bat and the end with Nalto comes into play is... She does not care about Nalto. She cares about what she can he can bring her. And to an extent, she does care about him. That's why she said you can only achieve when you swing the bat. Because that's what she deems as a necessary trait. Now it's not doing it, so he needs to swing the bat. Yeah. Need okay. to be able to take action, basically. Yeah. But it's a childish action. He's saving the world, but he's playing baseball doing it. Which also ties into the fact that his older brother's a baseball player. He feels in the shadow of his older brother, so he's trying to live up to his older brother, but he's trying to but he should be trying to live up to himself. That's a whole nother layer to the show. There's a no whole nother layer of first love with Haruka. Uh um that's there. There's also a whole another layer of abuse in a uh, relationship of power of essentially Haruko uses Nalta for her own gains. And ultimately, even though Nalta finds that out, he still says he loves her. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there because like, 
there's all this stuff you're talking about, and there's there's all this detail and theming and, and stuff we can go into with this show. And there, there's other stuff you haven't brought up yet that I kind of grasped onto more so than the things you have been talking about. But in reality, like, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I gave this show a 6 out of 10 um, on Mal. And when I give shows scores, I stick very heavily to the Mal scale and, like, the words that come next to those numbers. So 6 out of 10 literally means I thought this show was fine. Um... And the reason I gave it a 6 out of 10 is because this show has a lot of great ideas and a lot of great themes it's exploring and some interesting messages it's giving. But it goes about doing them in a way that's just so not my aesthetic. Just doesn't gel with me at all. And that's why it took me so long to get the show, I think, is a lot of the early episodes are like, this is dumb, weird, insane bullshit, and we don't give a fuck if you care or not. Um, and it slowly sort of transitions into its actual theming. Like, the stuff is there in the first couple episodes, but it, it takes a while to really come to the forefront. And the fact of the matter is, like, these are all themes and ideas that I'm interested in and like seeing explored, but because of the way this show handled them, that's why I gave it the lower score. Like, I've seen better, better, like, to me, better um, explorations of these themes and ideas. Like, just to throw out one, uh, Grace by Richard Paul Evans, one of my favorite novels. Really interesting, very emotional coming-of-age story. I can understand why, because it's a very punk aesthetic. Yeah, it's very much. It's very much the chaos is also part of the message. Mm-hmm. That that a lot of and also just the music in general, one of the best anime soundtracks ever. The music was pretty good. Like the music and the sound design were probably my favorite parts of this show. Like whenever the robot was fighting, they were using a lot of the same sound effects from Common Rider Zio. And I and I was totally like, oh, I haven't heard these used in another thing before. This is amazing. But like, this is definitely a show that increases in quality and re- on repeat viewings. The best way I can put it, because now that you know the themes and you have your own ideas of themes, next time you watch it, every scene starts to come cleaner into focus. Like, like the reason why he doesn't like certain foods is because he's still technically a child, but he's trying to act as if he doesn't care. Yeah. But or, the thing is, like, I got all this. I got that this was what the show was doing, but I was constantly, like, doing my little swivel in my chair, turned to the camera as if I were on the office, going, like, they're trying to say this. Do you get it? It's this. Because because it was being said in such a weirdly blunt, yet not giving a shit zany kind of way that it just didn't gel with me. And that was that was my big problem with this show, is a lot of it seemed... 
it doesn't flow very well in my opinion. A lot of it seems very random and very just we're doing this now and here's this point. It's being thrown at you. It it doesn't feel very well weaved together. And I get that that's kind of the point. Kind of the point of this show is to be a big dumb weird semi sci-fi semi down to earth adventure that's done in six episodes. I get that. It just didn't really work for me. You also got to remember that a lot of the animation segments were heavily experimental. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just throwing shit at the wall half the time. Yeah, so, the, there's a time where it's manga panels. There's a time where they change styles randomly. There's a time where it's freaking South Park for a couple of minutes. Yeah, and that also plays into the theme. Because South Park is very juvenile humor, but done in a very adult way. And it's... Yeah, and they do it with a character who's specifically supposed to be like, this This guy is acting way more masculine than he actually is, and it makes him look like an idiot. Yeah, uh, like he puts on seaweed as fake eyebrows to make mm-hmm. him look bigger kind of character. Um, and that's a lot of the things is a lot of the zaniness has multiple layers to it. It's the best way I can describe it is the, I don't watch Fooly Cooly like I watch a show. I watch Fooly Cooly like I listen to an album. That's an interesting statement. And I don't know if I, I, I fully comprehend what you're getting at there because. We we probably have very different ways of experiencing albums, but, like... I can go on. On that train of thought to explain it more. Well, the thing I basically wanted to say is... I came into this expecting to... Trying to meet it as a show. And it was very different from what I expect from a show. Especially what I expect from an anime. And I think that's a lot of why I had a hard time with this. Like... As down as I'm being on this show, I want to keep reiterating, there are things to like. I can see why people like this show. It's just not, like, fully for me. Yeah, I I am not blaming you for that. I'm just trying to... The best way I I can describe what I'm trying to do is explain, as a major fan of this show, why I get so much out of it out of the things you may have went, ah, uh, this isn't for me. I just want you to understand that why it is for me. Okay, fair enough. Less, less to convince you to reappreciate it and more, okay, cool. But this is why I got it uh, out of it. So even if you don't go rewatch it and appreciate it on a deeper level, or you still think, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was, you understand why I enjoy certain parts of it. Yeah, and that and that's really great because like it's interesting cuz this wasn't this clearly wasn't intentional by us at all, but like this is kind of turning out to be the flip of la- last episode where we were talking about the Transformers the movie and I was just gushing all over the thing and you were going, "Yeah, it's fun. It's kind of silly. It's not exactly my thing, but I can appreciate it." Yeah. And you know, it, it it makes me glad that I did take that time to go watch analysis videos about this show and, like, understand it a little better because... 
Similar to how oh. I watched Movie Bob's video about it, the mm-hmm. Transformers. And that's why, um, like, episode six, what, those specific scenes where I kind of felt like I was having egg dripped onto my face in episode six were such a huge relief to me because I was just sitting there all throughout, like, episodes four and five going like, oh, God, this is going to be another back. This is going to be another back. We're going to have another back. I don't want to have another back, please. Uh, for those who don't know, Back Mongolian Chop Skull was another anime we talked about. Again, one of my favorites deeply impacted me and is probably one of my aspirations of a storyteller. I thought it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can, and like, the more we talked about it, the more I understood your point of view. And that's what I'm trying to do. So, what did you. What did you think the ultimate theme was when you were getting your egg on your face? Um, well, it's interesting because kind of the same conclusion I was coming to in that moment. Um, the moment I came to it is in, in the final episode where they do the manga panels thing again, and then they stop it and they're like, we can't keep doing that. It costs too much. People, got, people complain at us us for not using it as much as we have been we can't keep using it we have to pretend like it was just an episode one that's when i started getting egg on my face and going like oh oh you guys were just fucking around you're just trying to have fun and try things out here okay this isn't like this isn't a structured narrative per se this is a weird experiment where you're just all throwing out ideas randomly okay and then like when i went and looked up analysis videos one of the first things i found was mother's basement video which was uh titled i believe it's titled it's okay to be stupid where he talks about like how how zany and kind of out there the show is and how much weird random stuff it does and that like one of the directors said in an interview that like that was kind of the intention this was gynax's First show after, first real show after Evangelion. And he was like, Evangelion was the show where we kind of all had to knuckle down and be serious and do a really good job and make this big, um, important project. I wanted this to feel like, guys, it's okay to be stupid and have fun. And ultimately, that could also be the major theme, like another equivalent theme to maturity. It's like it's okay to admit you you're you're it's okay to admit you don't know shit. Mhm. And then also I went and watched uh Digibro's video on this uh which um for reference I believe is called Minami is my favorite FLCL character. Um and one of the things he brings up in there is how like Naoto's relationship to Minami is kind of like he starts out hating her and wishing she'd just go away, and then, like, during the first initial monster attack, he kind of decides, like, no, I'm going to protect this girl. She can't protect herself, I'm going to protect her. And he kind of gets this idea of, like, I'm big masculine man, and I have to do this, and I have to act this way. And then, like, the point at the end of the show is, like, no, just be yourself. Yeah. And, like, and, like that's what I got, and that's where, again, I came into, like, this is a this is a really interesting idea, and like I I like this idea in media. It's just I've seen it done better. Like to go with that, and um, uh, the example I gave earlier of Grace by Richard Paul Evans, which 
is is a book that a lot of people like to bag on. It's kind of just a cry porn book, but I think it has a lot of deeper aspects to it than that. Um, it's basically a book about a guy who um, meets a a girl who is on who is run away from home because she was sexually abused by her stepfather and is now pregnant. And he decides to help her and hide out and eventually falls in love with her. And there's a moment in the book where she gets found by the cops living in his backyard. And he's he tries to stop them and, like, speak for her. And he realizes, like, oh, she's not mine to speak for, even though we're in a relationship. That's, that's not okay. And you need to be able to let go of that kind of stuff and just be a kid in some situations even though it sucks and it and it's hard and um there there's another thing that's in that book and in this show where like kind of a subtle thing the show kind of tries to do is show you that like adults are just older kids who are equally as stupid with the dad doing his fanzine and the grandpa being just kind of a retiree who doesn't give a fuck about anyone except for his baseball team um, and again, I feel like Grace does that way better where like the reason the, the girl gets found out is because the parents of this guy give, give her up. And he has this moment where he realizes like, it's literally written in the book. I realized that my parents were just as capable of evil as anyone else. And it's like that's a that's a that was a really powerful for me. Like, yeah, the world is kind of fucked that way. You kind of can't, there is no one who's just perfectly good. Um, that was a great yeah. moment of that, and like that's in here too. I'm just not entirely behind the way it's presented. See, I'd rather search for those kind of meanings on my own and reward myself with I figured this out rather than just being told it fair enough and that and that is a key difference between books and tv shows is like a book has to tell you whereas a a a tv show can be subtle about things and yeah because a book prose is literally just describing everything as it happens but um but like i want to get back to the whole watch fully coolie like you listen an album Mm mm-hmm when you listen to when I listen to an, a music album, you sit back and absorb. You don't try to engage it as is. You don't try to find meaning or metaphor in the moment. You experience. So you experience the thing. You experience the weird. You experience the wacky of fooly cooly. And afterwards, you let up your breath and go like, "All right, what did it all mean?" You See, don't try. I- Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I don't like like you don't engage with it in the moment. You let it wash over you because a lot of the zany and a lot of that kind of stuff is more about tone and more about feeling than it is about structure. Like it's much more about like getting the idea across than it is here's a structured plot. That's why you don't know anything about the actual sci-fi plot of Huli Kuli. We know ideas. We know that basic idea. There's a space pirate who's captured. There's this evil corporation that wants to destroy the world. 
and Haruko's an alien from a different planet who's a police officer trying to capture them, but she does, wants the power. It's You get the gist of it, but think of it as you are Naoto. He doesn't know any of that shit because he's a kid. He doesn't understand it, so you don't understand it. And I mean, like, fair enough, but it's just like... I'll be honest, there were points where I was getting really frustrated with this show, and I felt like it was trolling me. Like, the moment especially, like, now that I've seen the whole show, I get why they did it. But in the moment, the uh, the scene at the end of the episode that's kind of all about Mare's daughter girl, yeah. where she's going on stage, and Nauta's like, oh, she's wearing her glasses. And then she turns to the camera and goes, they're fake. I literally had the moment, like, um, do you know that JonTron video where he's fucking, I forget, forget what the topic is, but there's like, he's watching some kind of promo and like a guy turns into a weird snake prosthetic mask guy and he goes, what, what the fuck? That was kind of my reaction to that. Well, I can understand that. It's especially it's, it's metal- because like. It's a metaphor with no defined meaning. Yeah. and That's what most of the show is. It's metaphors with no defined meaning, so you gotta find your meaning. And, like, to to explain that for anyone in the audience who's gonna be like, well, how could you you think that? It's clearly like... Earlier in the episode, they animated those like they had frames in them. That's why I flipped over out over that. Because at that moment, she was wearing glasses to show she was vulnerable, but later on she didn't need the, the lenses were gone because she was putting on the airs. Mm-hmm. And, like, but it she, took me a few more episodes to figure that out, is the thing. And, like, to go back to your whole how I experienced an album thing, I think I have a similar album experience to you, but the key difference is I don't get through the whole thing and then go, what did it all mean? Um, there's always, like, I'll go into an album, and this is the same way I approach almost all media, I'll go into it, like, this is just a thing I'm gonna experience and enjoy, and then, like, nine times out of ten, there's a point where I go, like, that's what you're doing, okay, that's neat, that's cool, that's groovy, I'm hip, I can jive to it, and there wasn't that moment in Evangelion, or Evangelion, there wasn't that moment in Fooly Cooly. There, there was like, like I said, there was that moment in episode six where I was like, oh, there might be something here. But it, it, it didn't come to me until I went and had people explain it to me. Yeah. It, and that's my Fooly main not a light against bulb. this show. Fooly Cooly's not a light bulb show. It's a fire show. Mm-hmm. And you like light bulbs. Yeah. And, like, that's that's a thing, is, like, I'm very fickle. Like, a lot of people say, I, I saw this in a lot of videos. People were saying, like, oh, I've watched this show, like, five or six times, and I, and I figure out more about it each time. And there's always that one guy who just watched it once because what the hell. And then he walked out going, what the hell? Um, and I think I am that guy. But the thing is, the reason I'm that way is, like, I like a show with rewatch value but isn't entirely built on rewatch value like be a good show your first time through but then have things that make it enjoyable the second time through like um 
it's probably going to be a long time until I make my Common Rider Gaim video. So I'll basically say, like, the reason I hate Common Rider Gaim and most people love it is, like, it was really fun the first time I watched it as it aired. I went back and tried to rewatch it, like, a year after it was over, and I just could not stand it because everything felt like it was building to specific reveals. And once I got to those reveals, I was like, heh, I remember Twitter reacting to this. Okay, moving on. Like, there was no actual value in the show itself. So I like a I like a show that has a little rewatch value that makes it interesting to rewatch it. And, like, yes, I'm experiencing these themes, and I'm a little older, so I'm getting a little more out of them now. But I don't like a show where the first time through, like this show, it's really confusing and it's hard to figure out. But then the second time through, maybe you kind of start to get it down. And the third time through, you've got a little more hang on it. And then eventually, like, you, you've watched it, like, what, six or eight times like Chris here has. And, and you're like, hmm, yes. And this scene clearly feeds into the metatextual commentary on blah, 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 blah. And, like, if you are the kind of person who enjoys media that way, I can't fault you for it. I, I'm just saying, like, it annoys me if something is that way is because there's so much shit out there i want to watch that i don't feel like i have the time to watch something more than once these days and here's the thing i'll say first off remind me to never show you an art house film because <laughs> that's all art house mm -hmm. um, oh, i've seen some art house films oh yeah uh but i first time i watched it i was captivated because I, because the give no fucks attitude the show had to animation, to production design, to uh, uh, and being on model for animation, it's it was refreshing to me. It was very much, uh, you can do this in a show. Fuck yeah. yeah! It was it was much more of a mentality because, like I said, the first time I ever watched this. I didn't even know what the name of the show was. Hmm. It was midnight. I was watching Adult Swim um, at my grandparents' house. I shouldn't have been up at that point in time because I was like 10, 11. And, I, and the first moment I remember seeing was the beginning of the baseball episode. Hmm. And I was just going like, what is this? This is captivating. This is interesting. I, I want to know more because the things they left out didn't confuse me. It made me curious. And I think that's a big thing about my media viewing is curiosity feeds more into it. So I will watch and reread certain material because I just want to go like, all right, so is there a different way you can interpret this? Like, for example, I love Hellboy. Hellboy's one of my favorite movies, and I have seen it goddamn near maybe a hundred times. But I love watching it every single time because every time you watch it, it's a slightly different movie. And sometimes you watch it, it's a it's a very good superhero movie, a different point of your life with a different mentality. It's a Shakespearean drama. You know? And I think that's kind of what Fooly Cooley is. At sometimes you watch it, it's just a vehicle for the music. It's just really good visuals for a great punk band. I say punk, the alt rock, 
The Pillows. The Pillows are an amazing band. I love them. Uh, at other times, though, it is a story of maturity and growing up. At another time, though, it can be a story of understanding the level of maturity you should be at. At another, it's a story about how adults are dumb and childhood naivety is important. At another time, it's a story about uh, understanding that you can be in a uh, you can love someone and they can still be abusive and they can love you back and you it's not physical or mental or anything malicious but because the person is who they are it could be wrong and hurtful to you and that's what i get out of this show this is fully coolie is not six episodes fully coolie is infinite number of episodes because each episode means something completely different anytime i even think about it like watching the show this time I realized the the first time the manga scene comes up, it's manga. It's kids' material. It's a comic book. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's goofy. But the second time it comes up, it's trying to attempt that again because everything got a little bit more serious. And they were trying to hide their fear, trying to hide all right, what's going on in their own lives. So they put up a veneer of happy-go-lucky childness. Hmm. That's one way you can interpret those scenes. It's not the only way, but it's a way. And I, 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 I heavily appreciate letting me think in pieces of media. Fair I'd rather, I'd rather uh, have a piece of media leave me with more questions than answers. Fair enough, and I feel like that's um that's kind of the main point I'm going to come away here with is like this isn't a show I'm necessarily going to enjoy watching, but it's a show I'm going I'm going to enjoy collecting perspectives on over the years. Like I watched like three or four analysis videos on this after I finished it last night, um, as of this recording. I know there's tons more I can go out and find. I know there's tons more I, wa I can watch, and I kind of want to go and watch them all and see what everybody has to say on this show, because I know there's a general consensus of it's a show about growing up, but as you've just proved, Chris, there's a lot of different ways you can come at that idea and talk about it. And um, and instead of picking one, the show creators just went, let's just do all of them. Yeah. So, like, basically the point is, I'm not going to say this is a great show that I love, but I am always going to be down for seeing your FLCL analysis videos. Go ahead and send them to me. It, watching the show is like eating your Brussels sprouts, but you know why people like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Like, and you appreciate food critics talking about Brussels sprouts. Exactly. That's a very dumb analogy. But now that we've kind of gone through themes, let's just talk about simple aesthetics because I think we can both be on a similar page with that. Visuals. It's a cool-looking show. I, I like all the character models, pretty much. Um, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of great animation moments in this show. It's just, at the time, like, I couldn't figure out if the show was trolling me or not, so that's that's why I wasn't flipping out over them. But there's a lot of moments, like, specifically, 
oh, I forget what episode it is, but where there's that moment of Haruka in the bunny outfit running across the giant gun. I was like, this is really fucking well animated, and it's kind of hot. I like It's it. episode five, and that's a reference to the Daikon videos. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking Daikon, right? Daikon was like the first thing Gainax did, wasn't it? No, no, yeah. that was Otaku no video. Yeah, that's the Daikon video. Okay. Yeah, they were for uh convention convention, I think it was called Daikon. That's why when Haruka's lining up and doing that kind of stuff, she goes Daikon 5. Neat. Um uh hold on, what was I about to say? Shit. Motherfucker. I was about to swear apparently. Um we talked about the music. How do you feel about the pillows? I feel like they've got a really good sound. I'm gonna need to listen to some of their music on their own be- on its own before I can uh fully appreciate it. Yeah. Um they're a major influence on like how I want to sound as a musician. Mm-hmm. Just their tone. I really enjoy it. Um, I they are one of my favorite bands in my top ten. I mean, like this whole show. My first kind of impression of it, uh, uh, of it was um, like the. Uh, I did actually watch the dub this time, and in the dub, um, the main character Nauta is voiced very clearly by the same voice actor who is Izzy in Digimon. So I just kept being like. In every aspect, in kind of like the art design, the music, and the voice actors, this feels like just Digimon the movie on acid. Okay. That's fine. And, I, uh, and, and that's not a bad thing, because I, I, I'm one of the weird people who unironically loves the English Digimon the movie. Okay. In I guess we're going to have to watch the original Digimon movies. In my opinion, it is the 90s version of the Transformers, the movie. All right, then. Okay, that's that's a fucking hot take right there. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, But what was I about to say? Jesus motherfucking Christ. Oh, <laughs> just random information. Did you know this never aired on television in Japan? Yeah, it said on uh, it said on uh, Mal that it was an OVA. Yeah, but it aired on TV in America, which I think yeah. is the first time that ever happened. No, it, it, no. fuck that, strike that. That it, ha- it happened before our Sci Fi Channel. Mm. Um, but this Fully Cooly Cowboy Bebop and probably Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon Yu Gi Oh those kind of those five shows really cemented anime in the modern American public eye, mm-hmm. I think. And the thing is, like, Fully Cooly and Cowboy Bebop are both shows that kind of failed in Japan, but then became so huge in the West that they're just known as these, like, cultural touchstones. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also just because they deal with themes that are much more applicable to Americans. Mm-hmm. Like... There is weird levels of maturity all over America that people just are always struggle with. Um, they also struggle just with a lot of variety of things. <sighs> There's so much in the show. Oh, God. 
I could probably do like a 50 episode dissection just on Fooly Cooly. Like, like uh, Medical Mechanica is a corporation that ultimate goal is to flatten all the wrinkles, which is a metaphor for flattening the wrinkles of the human mind, which is how we think. Yeah. A big megacorp wants people not to think. There's so many layers there that also adds up in everything the characters do, unrelated to maturity. But that was also a po- one of those points where I was swiveling in my chair and turning to the camera like I was on the office and going like, do you get it? They're taking a pot shot at capitalism. Yes, but whenever they get so blunt, you do that. It's more, it's more of a start here and think about the entire show and find it. Yeah. Those basic blunt moments are uh, treasure maps to find deeper themes. Like, Naoto has a phallic symbol on his head. I wonder what that means. You know, he wants to fire truck. Uh, Mamimi is despondent and keeps calling Nauta by his brother's name. I wonder what that means. Bitch got Stockholm syndrome. Um, the father keeps talking on and on about anime. I wonder what that means. Like, there's bluntness every so often. But I feel like those blunt moments are made much more so. All right, here's a theme that's also in the show. Find everywhere where we talked about it. This is what Waldo looks like. Find Waldo. Hmm. Which, on a first viewing, all you see is the obvious Waldos, and you got to find the others, I think. Again, I get a lot out of that. Also, just because when I first watched it, it was on like a three episode repeat. So it would be play three episodes and then it played three more episodes, uh, the same three episodes again. So my first viewing, that mentality was ingrained in me. Fair enough. But God, we've talked this long and we haven't even fucking broke the idea that they made sequels. Um,. The sequels exist. Everybody has told me it's a terrible idea for them to make sequels, especially because it's so long since then, and because this is kind of like a cool, singular little thing. I don't really give a shit about the sequels unless somebody tells me that they're, like, really amazing and, like, help you understand this one better. Um, I haven't watched them yet. I'm going to. Um, but I'm going in them with a very, very, very open mind and not going into them going think, oh, they're making sequels that ruin Fooly Cooly. No, they're just made another show. It just happens to be called Fooly Cooly. Mm-hmm. So, and, even, and even as somebody who didn't particularly care for this show, I will just say, like, I hate that idea of, like, oh, the sequels in their existence ruin Fooly Cooly. Like, no, you still have Fooly Cooly. It's still cool. If you like it, it it just isn't a one-off thing anymore, and you know you can kind of ignore the other things if you want to. I love Pacific Rim. I hate the second one. Doesn't doesn't mean like I have to I have to throw out my copy of the first one. Uh, I I figured I figured it out. 
me bringing up Fuli Cooley is Mom Mimi buying this uh, sour drink and you not liking it. Okay. It's it's a miscommunication and it's a mis uh it's a miscommunication of what everybody is and what everybody wants. You know? Yeah, I can see that. You're picky and you don't like it. You'll put up with it, but you don't like it. But I get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another theme of the show. People are different, and you got to recognize that. God, there's so many things. Just brief themes that you could talk about jealousy, uh, inadequacy, toxic masculinity. That's a thing in the show. Uh, well, we kind of already talked about that, where I, like, broke down Nauta's arc very, very bluntly. Oh, it's, there's... But also, just, like, Conti. He's a TV head. How much metaphor can you rip out of a dude who has a TV for a head? A fucking lot. <sighs> like, I could go on and on, but I think... I think you may be feeling like we're getting close to wrapping up with that thought. Yeah, mainly just because we're going in circles. A lot of what we've said has just kind of been like me going, I get it, but it wasn't told in a way I like, and therefore it's not my favorite thing ever. And you going, yeah, but there's this and 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 I love it. It's it's great. Yeah. Which is which is fair, you know. We got and, I got to be in the there's this and this and this and this and, this and, this and, this and I love it seat last week and you know, now it's your turn. Yeah. But I'm also also trying to explain like like my way of viewing this thing by definition of how I like to watch things means that I am I don't want to say I don't want to make it seem like you watched it wrong because you didn't. You watched it how you watched it, and that's fine. That's final. You watched it the way you watch media, which is how you're supposed to watch media. But because of my mine and others' disposition, when we watch something like this, we go like, "All right, cool. What else was there? Sweet. You know." Yeah. Fair enough. God, how many times have I said that this podcast? So many. Yeah. Um, you know what else I like to say a lot? Go. That was a, that was a question. Uh, you like to say things, words. I do. But one of my favorite things, words, is the jingle to everybody's favorite segment on the show, which is that it's time for Fucked Up Crude. I'm tired. It's time for fucked up crude facts with Chris. Um, did you know that blueberries are related to azaleas, camellias, heathers, erodendrons? Wait, they're related to the heathers? Like from Mean Girls? No, there's a a flower called heathers. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Well, anyways, let's let's move on to the Q and A. Chris, pick a number between fifteen and one. Uh, why'd you fucking go backwards? 
I didn't go backwards. I went forwards. I'm going by what number of episode we're on. Uh, do, 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 do. Give me a six. Which do you like better, rain or snow? I've only been in snow recently in my life once. So snow because fuck the rain. Yeah, I'm a snowboy. I that's part of the reason why I moved out of Florida and up to South Carolina is you get all the seasons here and it'll like you don't necessarily get a snowy all white winter, but like during the winter it'll snow a couple times and like within a week the snow is gone. You're dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. Still haven't gotten one, by the way. It like it snowed in November last year, and then it snowed like tail end of December, beginning of January. But it didn't snow on Christmas or before Christmas, so that we had snow while Christmas was happening. Oh God! Someday, kill me now. I burped. Well, that's not exactly a death penalty level offense. Okay, then. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to go on, so... I mean, I could, but you know what we should really go on to? Selecting uh, the next episode of Analytical Fanboys. Are I figured that's where you were going. Okay, yeah. cool. Are you ready to hear the topic of our next show, Chris? Uh, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. All right. The topic of the next show is going to be... Oh my god. What? Oh my god! I can't see it, mofo! That's right. Next time, we're doing another suggestion by Chris, but one that I'm very delighted over. The Broken Hardy Saga. <laughs> yeah, this is something we've both already seen, and we're both big fans of, and we've talked a fucking lot about, so... Oof. This is this is going to be an interesting episode because I think this might be the first time we're talking about something that both of us have that we've already excessively discussed with each other. So, so this is very much going to be another viewing. All right, I found more shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I don't know about you, but I'm planning to watch everything that's in the YouTube playlist that's on TNA, right. TNA's YouTube channel, Impact. and then. Impact, yeah, them. And then, um... Are we just doing uh, Broken, also... or do you want to do Woken? Well, Woken's not really a saga. It's just, like, some stuff that happened on Raw. Uh, and same. a deletion. I guess we can talk about that a little towards the end. But, like... Yeah, because we gotta bring up, uh... The whole Matt Hardy's retirement... Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that a little, but uh, I want to. I think we should, should we explain the, what the Heart Broken Hardy saga is for listeners who do not know. I mean, like a brief, so they get interested in the next episode. Yeah, go. You you go ahead since this was your suggestion. Uh, Matt Hardy was a wrestler. Well, is a wrestler. No, was a wrestler. Confusing. Uh, that for a while was just a pretty atypical wrestler until one day he had an idea for a gimmick. He would go insane. And that's the Broken Hardy saga. Kinda, yeah. So. Um, 
But yeah, I'm going to watch everything that's in the Impact YouTube playlist, and then I'm also going to rewatch um, the Plebe and the Weeb episode on this because, uh, like, a lot of a lot of my thoughts and opinions are echoed by that that uh, YouTube review show episode, um, and uh, I I really enjoyed that episode, so it'll be good to rewatch it and like kind of refresh myself on like. Because if I come out with a different perspective this time, it'll be like, oh, yeah, this is how I used to think about it. Yeah. But, but uh, I... that should be pretty great. We can probably knock it out in, like, a week or two. Yeah. I mean, time. Yeah. Time is a linear thing. Watch the clock by as the pendulum swing. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I saw exactly what you did there, and, uh... Because, uh, I've become so numb. You've become some, so numb that you're gonna tell people who you are and where they can find your stuff. Uh, hi, I'm Boingo Writer. You can find my stuff on YouTube at Boingo Writer, on Twitter at Boingo underscore Writer, um... On here in this podcast, uh, I'm going to be part of a D&D podcast. We don't, uh, the first pilot episode is up. We're trying to figure out where to put the other episodes, that kind of stuff uh, is going on with that. And I have a Discord server. The link is in the description. What else? There's one other thing I'm like, I'm doing. Uh, let's just say that's it for right now. Yeah. Um, I'm, of course, uh, the Vacuuminator on the internet. I've got a Twitter where I talk about stuff. I've got a YouTube channel where I do analytical videos about tokusatsu and all sorts of other things. I haven't really posted on there in a while. Probably won't post for a while longer just because I'm really busy and invested in uh, what we're doing on this channel right now and some real-life stuff I've got going on. But, hey, you know, shit happens. It's, it's not a big deal. It's, it's not like I'm going to be missed or anything. But, uh... Yeah, that, that's pretty much it for me, and uh, hey, um, in relation to this thing, uh, Analytical Fanboys is a production of Modular Media, and if you want to keep up to date with this podcast and um, see all the episodes as they come out, you can go ahead and subscribe to us right now, youtube.com slash modularmedia. You can follow us on Twitter at modularmedia, and you can subscribe to our subreddit, which I'm assuming will be modular media i haven't made it yet at the time of this recording but uh um if you want to listen to this show on the go and you don't have youtube premium go ahead and go down in the description there's a google drive folder where you can download mp3s of every episode if you want to ask us a question for the q a segment go ahead and email us at analyticalfanboys at gmail.com and um yeah i'm pretty sure that's it so we will see you next time when we're going to be discussing the Broken Hardy saga. Until bang then, bang bang. yeah. Until then, uh, I'm Simeon. I'm me, and we are saying, delete, 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 delete. obsolete. <laughs>